the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former Petco Park pet cleaner-upper. They let you bring your dogs there at that San Diego ballpark where our Dodgers and our Padres, depending on what town you're listening to, are uh, playing game number three tonight. I hope that uh, that is fun. It's the Southern California Live Series. It's uh, San Diego and Los Angeles. This is us. This is the SoCal Live Division Series. That's what we'll call it. 888-528-2557 is the number. It's Open Line Friday. You can call with anything you'd like to call about. 888-528-2557. You got your ballot in the mail already? Uh, most of you probably did. I got mine. People around here have gotten theirs. We've been talking about it. I got to tell you something. There's a lot of things that you should care about, and I'm going to give you one today. And, you know, this is this is something that's hard, but you've got to know. There are 2,500 races for local school board seats in California, 2,500. It's about half of the total 5,000 seats in the state. And my opinion, these are the most important races. You can talk about the governor, it's important. Talk about, you know, different races, Congress, Senate, all that's important. But let me tell you something. What's happening in our schools, and this is not left and right, okay? I mean, it's far left. But what I mean is it's not Democrat and Republican. I think that almost all of us agree that this should not be happening in schools. I think this goes beyond Democrats and Republicans. This is, But this is something that is happening from the far left, and they they take over these school boards. I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. And they do this because we don't pay attention. The voters don't pay attention to those. We pay attention to who's running for governor, and we've got an opinion about that in the Senate, and we're wondering who's going to take over the United States Senate. Will the Republicans win the House? You know, who's running for president next? You know, there's all those national questions that take up our time with the news. But what is happening to our kids in our schools is horrific. This is from the Encinitas school board meeting where parents came very, very upset, and for good reason, this week. This board, you know, what is it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fishnetted legs as he writhes on the ground, grinding his groin next to a... All right, now you can see where that's going. I can hardly play most of this on the radio, but this is about a Halloween festival that the school board uh, promoted. Now, they didn't put it together. The way it works is there are groups can put together an event and they send it through an email system and the school board can... can there's a system that some school boards, some places have that allow you to promote different events. Churches can do it. Lots of different groups can do it. But there are rules about it. It can't be crude and it can't be bad for kids. You know, you can't have a fentanyl party or, you know, those kinds of things. But for some reason, this school board voted unanimously to approve a Halloween program 
that is about it's the queerest Halloween program you're ever going to have and includes a drag event. This is happening at and just as this woman described this parent who came furious with a bunch of parents described it's a sex show is what it is in a queer sense. And I don't care what kind of sex show it is. It shouldn't be happening for little kids. You can deal with this is happening everywhere. You need to know this is why you need to vote. If you're offended by what was just played or you're angered or you're frustrated or embarrassed, you need to know that the worst things are being taught to kids and it's happening in your town. Don't think it's just happening in San Francisco. Don't think it's just happening in L.A. or happening in some liberal town somewhere in the United States and then you don't get a vote. It's happening in your town. This is Encinitas. Encinitas, if you're not familiar, is a really a small beach town about 20, 25 miles north of San Diego. I wouldn't say that it's particularly you know noted for its, uh, its leftiness, uh, but there you go. This is happening everywhere, and this is on the ballot. These races are typically nonpartisan, meaning that there's no R or D next to the name of the person there, which doesn't necessarily tell you everything they think about this stuff. But here's the question is, do you think that young children, we're talking about K through 12, and we're talking about kindergarten through sixth grade, we're talking about videos of people bringing their little kids to these, these drag shows, which is not just a guy dressed as a woman singing show tunes, okay? It's a guy performing sexual acts, twerking, dressed as a woman, maybe singing some show tunes, maybe doing some other things, and inviting little kids, six, seven, eight years old on stage. Schools are putting these things together. They are approving these things to be promoted to parents, And they are fighting against parents who don't want these things to be shown to their kids. This is happening across our country, and it's happening in your town, your place. Don't think it's somewhere else. Don't think it's some other kind of community. And this is on the ballot. I am telling you, I I spent last night just trying to find some clips to play. Some of them I don't think we're allowed to play. That was about as racy as me. I don't know what the rule is. There's some rules. I know what those are, right? There's seven dirty words you can't say in certain things for radio. But, you know, the church gets so, um, you know, I don't know. The, we, we feel like we can't talk about these things because maybe we feel shame or maybe we feel like, you know, that that's not a church thing to talk about. It's talked about everywhere else except the church. The church has an obligation to get into this conversation and to grow up about it and be able to talk about sexual behavior of what should be grown-up things. And people, you know, there's a difference. We might have a a theological difference, a, a conversation about what's going on with a person who might be dealing with different things. And I don't, you know, the drag show is just the extreme and it's happening all the time. It shouldn't be any kind of sexual show for little kids at some Halloween event. You know, the thing about Halloween anyway is it's, you know, people sometimes in the church get bent out of shape about whether it's Halloween or should you have candy and should you dress up as death and demons and those kinds of things. How about just pointing out how sexualized the costumes have been for little kids at Halloween? I mean, what we are doing to little kids in a country that's dealing heavily, and especially in Southern California with kids being trafficked, 
with kids being exposed in child pornography and other things. We're all against that, most of us. But we are allowing these things to happen in our public schools. And we have allowed books to be read to little kids. We're talking about third grade that describe sex acts and what you should be doing with your friends and how to experience. And it's, it's pornographic. It's not scientific, okay? It's not using, it's these books, when you, when you look at them, they're not using scientific, anatomically correct words. They're using vulgar slang that people might use in, you know, casual, very casual course conversation with little kids. Things you wouldn't say to your kids. Words that you would not use with your kids. That's on the ballot. You need to understand that, you know, beyond the election, we'll talk about it and it's going on. It's something in the culture. But right now, would you get your ballot out and go look for school board and look up every one of those people? Go and ask them questions whenever they have a debate or they have, you know, a forum where you can go ask questions and ask them what kinds of things should be taught to little kids, you know, and be blunt about it. Drag shows, strip shows, what kind of, you know, should there be pornographic materials, whether it's real or hand-drawn, you know, and what age is that appropriate? And see what they say. We have an obligation to our kids to do this right now. Here's what uh, this mom, her name is, is Brittany Meyer, and uh, this is what she had to say. And I realize it's, it's not comfortable maybe to, to listen to, but we need to know that this is about kids. Family friendly. You owe us an answer. We have a culture that has a massive problem with child porn, with sex trafficking. You, a little school district board of adults, made the decision to feature an event to hypersexualize young children. Do you want to know that the word that defines that? It's groomer. You all played the activist pimp for an aligned surgical center and for a 21 plus gay bar. So she is talking about this event, and there's a lot of criticism from people using, you know, the terms groomer is getting little kids prepared for, you know, uh, sex with an adult and things like that. And people say, ah, does it go that far? And you start to have this argument about the meaning of that word. I would start to say, well, what point does it cross that line? To me, when we're dealing with this with, with kids, we're crossing that line. I don't want my kids, my kids are 10 and 13. All right. We've had the full blown conversation with my 13 year old. I didn't use a lot of those words. He's hearing them and we talk about them. We have an open conversation about that. My 10 year old, he's probably heard more than I would like to admit. And we're going to have that conversation. I don't want him to have seen pornography or have him have seen some kind of sex show of any kind. It's happening all the time, more and more. And it is happening in your school district, and it's deliberate. It's a deliberate attempt to change the culture. You need to understand that a very small number of people feel that this is the right thing for kids, okay, that these things are the right. Most people don't, all right? Most people who participate, I'll bet that most guys out there who are drag queens or whatever you want, I'll bet that you don't think this is okay for little kids. We don't think that kids should drive till they're 16. They can't have a beer till they're 21. They, all of these different things. And it's more than just this. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. If you want to join our conversation, the number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557.
We'll talk about it more, but it's election time right now. Your ballot is in the mail. The election is not November 8th. The election is right now. People are voting right now, this second. They are marking up their ballot. You know what normally happens with the nonpartisan races, the judges, and uh, school board in particular? What do you do? How do you mark those ballots? A lot of people don't mark it at all because you don't know any better. You don't and you think, I don't want to vote for people I don't know. Some people think that way. You know what most people do is they just go in and they, I don't know about most people, a lot of people, what they do is they go down and they just fill in the name that they think sounds nicer to them. Or maybe that person has signs up and they think, well, I, I think I know that person. You don't know that person. The reason you think you know that person is on the freeway off-ramp that you get off every day before you come home from work, there's a sign with that person's name on it, so it's familiar to you. That's the purpose of those signs. Those signs work, by the way. I mean, they cost tens of thousands of dollars, those signs. You know why all these candidates do that? Why, Why it's worth it? It's because they work. And school board members do it. And, you know, they're not putting their positions typically on the sign. I mean, if they are, then the sign probably isn't big enough for their name and you can't read it and it's a bad sign, right? The, the sign basically needs to say, you know, last name school board. That's it. If you put a bunch of other stuff on there, then the font gets smaller and then people driving by can't read it. It's just a funny thing. There was somebody I was – I was in a campaign working for somebody and when I was in college and our job was putting up these signs. And we were very concerned about our opponent because our opponent had a lot of money and we thought they're going to have signs everywhere and they really messed up on the sign. The guy put his resume on the sign and uh, you couldn't – you had to walk right up to the sign in order to read it. There's no way you could read it from a car. It was awesome. It was hilarious. Uh, You know, this is a hard subject, maybe a hard one to hear, but we cannot not talk about it. We can't. And right now, it's, it's on your ballot. Would you figure out who those school board members are and go to their websites, call the number, write them an email? What do you think about this? At what age should pornographic materials, should drag shows, what age should those things happen? And then you got to find out if they're happening. Because the other thing that's going on is the school boards know. They know that parents are not in support of this. They know that it's not just like the Democrats are okay and the Republicans are. No, most parents on both parties are not okay with it. Most parents are not. And I got to tell you what, if you, if, it's not on the ballot just in the school board, it's across the board. There are, there are problems with candidates in both parties. Sometimes those problems are different, but they're promoting things that are bad for your kids. And you can't just vote for them because they're in your party or because you think, the you know, we have to pay attention. The school board one I think matters the most. This is from a school board meeting in uh, Conejo Valley, Conejo Valley School Board, um, a mom who's talking about things that the school board is doing deliberately to not inform parents about medical advice for transgender surgeries, for all kinds of different things. This is what she's been experiencing. And this started because there was a sex act done by a little kid, you know, junior high age kid in a classroom and the school board is doing nothing about it. They're basically saying, you know what, kids are very uh, sexualized these days and it's really hard to stop that. And, the, you know, and so that's just the way it goes. This should not be, those people should not be superintendents. They should not be on the school board, but they are because almost nobody's paying attention. This year, 
we got to pay attention. This is what this mom had to say. This board unanimously approves intentionally leaving parents out of gender identity discussions in all K through 12 classrooms. Last November, they hired lawyers to train staff and teachers against many teachers will how to fill out a form to hide gender identity and information at school from parents. They deceivingly call it student success plan. In January, Mark McLaughlin removed the legally required parent notification for asking about my child's personal gender identity and removed disclosure of a question on suicide from the parent consent letter for the seventh grade California Healthy Kids Survey. In May, they violated my legal right to 14-day parent notification of sex ed. In June 14th board meeting, Mark stated that they stand behind deliberate removal of parent notification prior to showing a third grade class of video on transgender. He emphasized they would not change anything they did and he declared it will happen again. June 21st board meeting superintendent comments, he stated they're all, they are working on how to implement confidential medical appointments. In California, they can legally treat 12-year-old and older without your consent, and these people will do it. When my son, James, turned 12, I was stunned to be pulled out of the room by our pediatrician who said, uh, by law now, he's entitled to have private meetings, and we are not uh, allowed to disclose anything to you that he doesn't want to be uh, disclosed. 12. He's 12 years old. And we're talking – we're living in a world now where we're talking about – medicines, we're talking about puberty blockers and surgeries and abortions, and we're talking about lots of things that parents need to know about. You know what? I know there are stories of abusive parents. There are situations where there there is a circumstance where the kid needs to be protected because if they tell their parents, the parents are going to beat them, right? Or they, and there's danger. I get it. That is another problem. But the fact that we have blanketed our society in such a way that parents are being excluded from moral teachings in schools and what is being taught, almost everybody's against, left and right. Okay, what's being taught, every study says is bad, except for a few things that are skewed in certain ways. And it's not about the study. It's about, you know, ultimately parents have a responsibility to raise their kids. And what we need our kids, our schools to be doing is educating our kids, not just graduating our kids. They're graduated and they've seen a bunch of things uh, that they shouldn't see and their minds are messed up and they can't control themselves sexually in public and they've been pregnant, they've had abortions, they've fathered kids, they are doing all these other stuff, but they read at a third grade level. That is outrageous. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is educating their kids, not the rest of the world, but uh, a lot of the world, China is. There are more honor students in China than there are students in the United States. Same is true with India. In India, they're all fluent in English too. We can't compete if we're not teaching math and science and English, if we're not teaching things so that we're not just graduating kids, we're educating kids. Instead, we seem to be okay with some agenda that kids as young as kindergarten, even preschool should be encouraged with adult sexuality. We can go on and on about that, but what I want you to know for today, please, I know it's an uncomfortable conversation. Uh, I'm a pastor who has preached many times through the book of Song of Solomon, and yes, it's a book that symbolically describes Jesus' relationship with the church. There is a gospel lesson in that book that is fantastic, but it's also a book about 
a man and a woman who are physically attracted to each other, who date, who would like to have sexual relationship, but they hold off until they get married and then they get married and then you're invited to the honeymoon and you watch it and that book is very graphic. It means exactly what you think it means if you go read it. Uh, That's in the Bible. The reason that's there is because God did not give us something like sexuality, like a hand grenade without any instruction of what to do about it. Uh, Here you go. This can destroy your life. This can uh, cause all kinds of emotional and physical problems for you. Um, uh, But I'm not going to tell you anything. No, there's plenty in there in the scriptures about how to deal with this. But for some reason in the church, we've decided we can't talk about it or we get embarrassed. The culture's not embarrassed. The culture has no shame anymore. We have got to stand up. The way you can do it right now is to vote. Figure out who your school board people are. Figure out which ones have the agenda that's bad. And don't vote for them. Vote for the other ones. And if there's nobody, you know, expose those people. If there's nobody to vote for, then don't. And then you need to think about, are you going to run next time? Because why are these people on there? Why is this happening? And your vote matters because these these elections are often decided by just a few handful of votes one way or the other because a lot of people skip voting on that part or they're really, really close. And most people don't know who these people are or care because there's no D's and R's next to them. You got to be there. You hearing me? I hope so. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It is Open Line Friday. You can call about anything you'd like. Change the subject, whatever is on your mind. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. When we come back, I will take your calls, and we will talk about uh, what kinds of art you might want to throw a can of soup at as soon as we get back. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. Welcome to the show. It is Friday afternoon. We're a couple hours away from the Southern California Live Division Series and Major League Baseball, Dodgers and Padres. You're going to watch the game? Who are you rooting for? It's Open Phone Friday. We can talk about whatever you'd like to talk about on our show today. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And we also have an email address. at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Stephanie writes in to the email address. She said, I would love to follow the Dodgers, but I refuse to pay high prices for cable TV. Why can't these games be televised on regular TV? A lot of people have that same, uh, I think, that same sentiment. So many things are moving away from cable. I think cable TV, the way we know it, is done, like, in maybe 10 years. Like, it won't be the same. It's uh, there's some games on regular TV station, uh, Stephanie, on Fox, uh, you know, the game of the week, the weekend ones. Um, it irritates me on in playoffs that you got to have cable for the early playoffs. Usually the World Series will be on network television. Uh, I think it's probably on Fox. Could be NBC, CBS, ABC. I think it's Fox. And that'll be on regular TV. Um, you know, one of the things to uh, and she's she's not paying for cable TV, which I think is not a bad plan. There are there are lots of cheaper ways to go. And now, if you got a smart TV, um, you can do apps. I think the future is going to be no cable TV like we know it. You buy the app of whatever station and you'll watch the programs that you want. 
Um, and you know that is I think that's coming. There will probably they're going to find a way to monetize it though. They're going to find a way to actually make money from you. Something that I think about with this though is that if you're kind of resisting change, if you're resisting, you know, I don't want to do it differently. And this this happens as we get older. I don't know if it's true or not. Somebody told me that the reason this happens when we get older is because the creative part of our brain is really active when we're younger. And so it's just easier to adapt and to think differently. And when all the newfangled stuff comes out, it's just easy to go do it. But then as we get older, it's the memory part of our brain that gets to be more active. And uh, so then we get stuck in our ways because we don't want to learn new stuff. The creative part, you know, kind of goes away. And then we we just want to keep doing it the way we've learned it. And it's harder to learn new things. I get that. You know, as I get older, I get really, you know, I used to work at Circuit City when that was a company. And uh, I could tell you anything about TV, radio, car stereos, home stereos, any refrigerator, washer and dryer, all of that. Now I go into a store and I'm a little bit confused. And I knew everything. I mean, I could go to your house and tell you the model number on the back of your TV. That was like my party trick. You know, I was really fun at parties. And I can't do that anymore. I have no idea. That happens, I think, when we get older. We have other things going on. We got family and other stuff. Can I encourage you, if you're getting older, don't get off the technology train. Stay on there as long as you can. The reason why is because things are changing so fast. Things are, you know, if cable TV is done in 10 years, and you haven't figured out how smart TV works because you just think, ah, I don't want to mess with it. Well, that's all you're going to have. Um, you know, I think that the, the way we communicate is going to change. And if you want to communicate when you get older with your grandkids, then you better figure out how you can do that. You know, it's harder. And I, I understand that it's harder. You know, I think that we get off the um, – I think that we get off the technology train. We also get off the fashion train, right? There's a point when – you know, at some point, I'm going to get to the age where I just buy some bright, bright green pants. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why men do that. But we do that at some point, And we think it looks good. But, uh, you know, our wives, if they're still you know, living, they're just tired of telling us. So we we're stuck with that. Try not to get off the fashion train as much as you can. But the technology one, it matters. So, you know, as these things change, I, I know it's harder, but but stick with it. Uh, and that way you'll still get to watch your uh, your Dodgers or your Padres or whoever you watch. You know, something that is still out there, though, is radio. All the games are on radio. I, I love to uh, listen on the radio. It's, it's theater of the mind, right? And if you have a good announcer, it's why we miss Vin Scully so much. And he did a lot of TV at the end. But, you know, growing up with Vin Scully on the radio and good announcers all around, you know, it was amazing. It might even be better. We used to turn – in fact, we'd turn on the TV when it was on this the Game of the Week – and we would turn the sound down on the TV announcers and then listen to Vin Scully on the radio. It was great. And still listening to uh, radio, which is what you're doing right now, theater of the mind. You know, you, you have a picture in your mind right now of, you know, where I'm sitting, what I look like, what's going on. You have no idea that I'm, I'm wearing a clown outfit. I'm, I'm not. They're going to put this on video pretty soon, and you'll find out that I'm not. But, uh, you know, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just, uh, you know, it's radio. I could be whatever, but not anymore. You're going to go on your Facebook, and and there he is. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'm not wearing a clown outfit. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And you can call about anything you would like. It's open phone Friday. If you've got a question about the culture, you're going to talk about the ball game tonight, you want to talk about something in the Bible or a spiritual question, something that's in the news, 
today is the day we'll take your call and change the subject. 888-528-2557. Martha in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there, Scott. Hope you're enjoying your day. I am, Martha. How are you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. I have a question. I'm looking more for help. Uh, my daughter is in third grade. Her teacher invited the class to bring in books, and she would take turns reading their books. So my daughter took her book. I think it's called uh, The Miracle Man, about Jesus' miracles. And the teacher said she couldn't read it because it was religious. Mm. The teacher ended up having the class, uh, teaching the class about, I forget if it's Mayan or Aztec or some some uh, belief. They had the class make these paper dolls that are called stress dolls, and they put them under their pillows to alleviate some of their stress and anxiety. Oh. So. Because that I'm must be, that's science. I'm very missed about this. Uh, double-sided coin here. <laughs> she's refusing the, the Jesus book, but she's now teaching this pagan culture. And then also with Day of the Dead coming up, I'm sure they're going to be uh, doing something for that. And I just, I haven't approached the principal yet, and I'm not sure what stance I could take, like where I stand with this legally. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, <clears throat> you there's probably some kind of case uh, perhaps that you have here, especially in a situation where uh, your child is asked to bring in a book that's important to her. Um, and it's, you know, there's, I would think that a, a Muslim kid could bring in the Quran if she wanted to, right? I don't see why that would be bad. You know, it, constitutionally, the interesting thing is, is that the Bible is actually not banned from everything in school, okay, or religion in general. It's There's a lot of things that even teachers believe to be true that's not true. So number one, you probably do have a case. I don't know if you want to press it. I think what you want to do is point out this inconsistency to the, to the teacher first in a kind way. Um, be really kind about it because I think a, a mistake that we make sometimes – and even in the first segment where we're talking about what's going on with the school boards, you know, some of the mistakes that are that are happening as as parents are challenging school boards is they go in and they're cruel or they're mean or they curse at them. And and, you know, if you are not really acting, you know, as, you know, appropriately, and then it's really hard to 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 argue that somebody else isn't accurate uh, uh, being appropriate. Does that make sense? So yeah. you always want to to tell the truth in love. So what I would do is I would craft something up and say, hey, I appreciate you and thank you for teaching my daughter and those kinds of things and say, you know, you invited her to bring in a book and I don't think that she should have been uh, not allowed to bring in her Jesus book. And, you know, as an example, what you taught with this other thing to put the stressed ball under the pillow, pillow is religion. Uh, it's not science. I think there's two things. Even if, even if, the stress doll thing would be allowed. It's 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 a different thing. Your daughter should have been allowed to bring in that book. Uh, right. I I would address it that way, and then if she doesn't give you a positive response, then I would go to the principal, and say you know, and just be very nice. You know, thank you for the hard work. I know you say things like I know that you get acknowledge. I know that you probably get a lot of grief from parents about all kinds of things. You know, being a teacher, being a parent, principal. It's horrible in a lot of ways, and especially today, because there's a lot of parents who, um, 
they're not treating the teacher well. They're not treating the school well. And when their kids are misbehaving or their kids are getting bad grades, they blame the teacher or they blame, you know, the school for things that are probably the parents' fault. You know, so they're dealing with a lot of a lot of things. You don't want to you want to make sure you're not that parent. You know, if that right. makes sense. That's the first thing. But the second thing is then you need to be that the parent who cares about your little girl and why is it that she couldn't bring in this book? And you need to get them to be real specific Um, because I don't think there's any legal reason. There's no legal reasoning behind it. She can bring in, if she's asked to bring in a book, she can bring in that book. Mm -hmm. Um, That's wrong. You know, there's, there are groups out there, Alliance Defending Freedom and some people who get into the constitutionality of these things, some really good Christian lawyers out there. I'm not sure that's worth all of that, but I, I think it's worth the conversation with the teacher. Make sure that you acknowledge her as a person and that, you know, she's doing the best she can. She might honestly believe that she's not allowed to have that book in there. You know, on a, you know, she might not be personally opposed to that book. She might actually believe she's not allowed to. Uh, teachers have that uh, situation uh, all of the time. Um, and so that's what I would do, uh, Martha, with that. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. I hope, that, I hope that's helpful. You're listening yes, to Su- All right. Thank you, Martha. You're listening to Southern California Live. It's open phone Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. And uh, I didn't get to the the soup story. I'll get to that and as soon as we get back some some activists today tried to destroy a Van Gogh painting by dumping some tomato soup on it. And uh, I don't know, are they making a point? It's the, the, the famous painting is called Sunflowers. Maybe it was a recipe with the tomato soup they were trying to do. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll return as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. It is Open Line Friday. Anything at all that you'd like to call about, call us at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Before the break, we were talking about uh, an issue of a parent had in a school where her child was not allowed to bring in a book about Jesus when the, the teacher uh, asked kids to bring in a book that was important to them. And then the teacher went on to teach some pagan thing about putting a stress doll underneath your pillow. And, uh, you know, there is a website that I think everybody should be aware of, but especially if you're a teacher or you work in the public schools, you know, we'll talk a lot about the need for, for private schools and for homeschooling and the, the problems in the public school. But public schools are inevitable. They're going to happen. And so we need to make sure that we are uh, having support for Christians and Christian teachers who are in public schools. I'm hoping that a lot of the, the controversy, that if it blows up, we've talked a lot about the different things here ultimately reforms public schools so that they're more about education uh, in math and science and English and the things that kids need in order to be successful in life. I mean, we're graduating kids who can't read. They're not going to be that successful in life. It's just a, it's just true. Uh, and the spiritual things and the evil that's being taught so often, particularly in areas of sexuality, that's being pushed in school boards and local school, your school board, trust me, it's there. And it's happening. A couple of people have written in about 
there's a lot more that we'll get into another time, but that's happening on the state level in different laws that are being passed that are allowing for giving room, you know, for an awful lot of bad stuff with kids. Um, ChristianEducators.org is a resource that uh, you should have. ChristianEducators.org. It used to be Christian Educators Association International, I think, was their name. It's a little easier just to keep it at Christian Educators, so they just changed their name. ChristianEducators.org. If you're a teacher or you work in the public school system, there's great resources there for you. But also as a parent, if you have questions about what might be allowed or not allowed in the classrooms, uh, there's a lot of stuff on that website, and they're local right here in Southern California. We've had their executive director on a few times. David Schmoose is his name, always a good guest. Uh, guest. And um, check it out. Um, there's some there's some good stuff on there. And, you know, you, you find out that lots of times teachers are afraid to allow a, a Christian book in their classroom or to talk about the Bible because they're under the impression that it's not allowed, and they're genuinely under that impression. And the truth is, is that they can, under most circumstances, uh, do that. And what Christian educators do and lots of other groups that we talk to, they help teachers understand that. 888-528-2557. Susan, welcome to Southern California Live. Where are you calling from, Susan? Um, yes. Hi. I'm calling from Los Angeles. Hi, Susan. Um, yeah, hi. Um, I think that parents should, should just take their kids out of public school um, you know, stay home, learn how to teach them. Um, homeschools, uh, go to churches or offering new programs for children, do co-ops. Um, public schools aren't going to change. They're not going to change. Um, the only way they're going to change is if parents pull their kids out. Um, the public schools get money for attendance. Mm-hmm. And if the attendance goes low enough, they're not going to get funds from the state. Right. So... Um, you know, it, they're not going to change. The only thing that's going to change is a lot of parents not sending their kids, trying different things, uh, private Christian schools. Um, uh, an army of 50, uh, a group of parents, 50 to 100, can change a school. You have 100, 100 parents get together in a school, protest. I guarantee you the principal is going to do something about it. Yes, I think uh, you're, you're, you're right. You're right about these it's things, the Susan. Yep. The parents, parents have to do parents it. Parents go. Yep. They have to do it. And yep. if they care about their children, they will. Yep. Thank they, you. They, you know, you care about your kids. You love them. You do anything you can for yep. them. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate your call. You know, if you can get your kids. My kids don't go to public school, and I will do anything to prevent that. Um, and for a lot of people, if you are you are able to do that, um, I think you need to do that. But I also recognize that there's an awful lot of you who can't. And so whatever the case is, you need to be involved. You know, you need to show up to your school events. You need to show up to your PTAs and you need to go to those school board meetings. You need to ask what is being, what is my child being taught? What kinds of things is my child able to do that the school doesn't have to tell me about? What is happening in sex ed? what kinds of things are going, you have to get involved. And Susan's right that ultimately there, you know, I believe that there is change possible in the public school, but it's not going to happen unless it's financially impact and financially impacted or the, the system changes. And a lot of the country, we failed in California to get this on the ballot this year, but uh, many states are moving toward a, a system where every parent, it's a little different than just the old, the voucher system, but uh, Arizona, I think, is the first one really to do this, where the philosophy is to fund students rather than fund schools, meaning that 
if you have a child, you are given a it's like a voucher, but it's basically a, an account of, let's say it's $17,000 because that's what they're spending on your, your kid. And you can spend it on any school. You can send them to a public school. You can spend them to a private school. You can do homeschool. And you can't spend it on you know going to Disneyland or fun things like that. It's school. There's a, there's a rule about it. But basically, you get to choose where you send your kid. And I think that is one thing that could revolutionize schools because you know if your kid's in a poorly performing school or they got stuff going on that you don't like, right now you're very trapped. If you can't afford a private school or you can't get into the charter school, man, the charter schools, the lottery system to get in that, thousands of parents are trying to get their kids in for just a couple of spots. That's how desperate we are out there. I totally get that. Um, next time when we're coming around election this could change California schools. There are things that can happen, but it's going to have to be economic um, to change those things. And as parents, wherever you find yourself, you have to get involved to spend the time. Go find out what's happening at your school. 888-528-2557. Charlene from Corona Del Mar, you had to follow up on the parent who had the religious book. Yes, I did. Um, I'm an elementary school librarian. And I ran into a problem sharing the Christmas story at my school. Mm. And I, uh, the second year, I tried it again. And this time I said, this is um, a, an old story. It's known across the continent. And many countries' languages know this story. It's an old story. And George Washington knew this story. The Pilgrims knew this story. The, I, I just um, have a couple of seconds Abraham left there, Charlene. Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln knew this story. So um, if you approach it as a cultural, um, you can share it. Yeah, Another thing thanks. I wanted to share is Gateways for Better Education, Eric Buell. Uh, has some great resources for parents and teachers. Charlene, I got, thank you for your call. I got to go to the next one, but uh, you know, there are some ways it's definitely something that can be taught. I think that one of the things is, is I don't think under most circumstances, you even have to go through the exercise that Charlene was just explaining. I understand why you might have to practically to do it, but legally you should be able to get up and tell the Christmas story and say, Hey, this is what Christians believe um, and do that. Uh, let's go to Chad in Los Angeles. Chad, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, it's actually Ted. Uh, oh, hey, hey, Ted, how you doing? Great to hear you again, Pastor. Well, I just want to tell my LA school uh, school experience: junior high school with eighty gang members taking over a bathroom, and the whole school had to go on the other side of the school to go to the bathroom for fear of going to the bathroom. And then we had oversized classrooms, and this is in the seventies. And I watched a teacher get her purse stolen, taking the money, put tax on her chairs, and she sat there bawling, saying, what did I do to you? Mm. So, and then we're against a child bringing a Bible in the school. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. Sir. Well, yep, that and is, uh, yeah, Ted, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, and that was a long time ago. Problems in the schools, you know, it's it's an interesting thing that, from the time that that prayer was taken out of the schools, essentially, uh, this decline started to snowball. There's lots of other things, and it is it is upside down, and that's where I think we need to understand that this is spiritual, right? Because it doesn't make any sense that 
He was talking about in the 70s, gangs who took over bathrooms. So you couldn't use that bathroom unless you were part of that gang. So you had to go to another part of school. Um, that that can't be handled. You know, this has been going on a long time. This is uh, There's new stuff for sure right now, but this has been going on a long time. It is spiritual. It is something that we cannot deal with unless we're involved. We have to be in prayer. We have to be, as parents, active in our schools. And, you know... One caller mentioned it. If enough people get involved, things change. I was working with another school district in a in a small school district. Okay, these things are happening everywhere, and it was about um, a librarian who was sneaking in all kinds of books on uh, sexuality that are written towards third graders and very explicit. And she had found a way to put it in there. And uh, we were talking about how do you do this? How do you get this out there? And I said, well, you got to have transparency. Just say, okay, what was purchased with the money and give that to all the parents at the PTA meeting and itemize the books. Let the parents know because this person was, uh, uh, I don't want to expose who it could be, but this person was in a place where they felt like they were responsible to do something about this, but she was afraid of personal, being personally, you know, physically even attacked. Well, once things were transparent and all she had to do is go, okay, here's where the money's going, here's specifically where it went, and people saw those books on there, parents got involved. You know, we, we need to demand transparency. We need to emphasize that we as a society have ratings on movies, PG-13, R, where we think certain things are not appropriate for certain ages. We think that across the board, that should be the same for what's being taught in school. There's a lot more on this subject. We'll get into it later. Major stuff happening even on the state level. A couple of you have written about that. I appreciate that. We know about that. Um, For now, take your ballot, vote, find out who those people are on the school board, find out what people think about these things. And be active with that vote. It it matters. There's more to do after the election's over. Got to be involved. But right now, while that's happening, um, take care. Take care to do the right thing with your your responsibility. Friends, it's always good to be with you. Well, this is Southern California Live. We're on every day from 3 to 5 right here. I will see you on Monday. Go Dodgers. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.